Amen. I'm going to say it again. Merry Christmas. I mean, how many of you, let me see your hands. Is this your favorite time of the year? Come on, if, if it is. Isn't it, just, I mean, I get excited like in November. And since it gets cold here in like September, I mean, I'm already starting to feel Christmassy. In, in Texas, it gets cold in like, you know, that one day in January or something. But, you know, we, I, I love when the cold weather comes on because I start feeling all Christmassy and I get all excited. This is absolutely my favorite time of the year. But as Christians... I love it because I can walk in just about any store, anywhere, and they're playing Christmas music. And people that don't even go to church are singing songs about Jesus. I mean, have you noticed that? You're walking in Walmart, and people are happier this time of year. They're, you know, they're hugging each other, and, and people they don't like, they're smiling at, you know, even if they don't mean it. And, you know, it, it's just a whole different, that Christmas spirit begins to just kind of permeate our culture. And this time of year... I think is the best time of year to really introduce people to who Jesus really is because they're more receptive. And so what you're going to see from us as a church this time of year, and I, and I know we are an outreach-driven church, but I really want you as families, and I talked about it a little bit, I really want you guys as families to sit down and say, Pastor, you know, we, we prayed about it. We want to help some people as a family, not just a church family, and we're going to do that. And next week we're going to talk to you about our Christmas candlelight outreach. I'm not going to do it today. We'll talk about it next Sunday. But I want you guys as a, as a family unit to talk about maybe how you might be able to bless some people. We've got some ideas with our, our tree and some ideas out in the lobby. But I want you to think about that. And God kind of gave me an idea this morning. And uh, I'll share it with you next week. I think it's going to be really, 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 really cool. And I mean really cool. When I say really, I mean really cool. Uh, a couple things. First off, Scott, I wanted to commend you today. I saw Scott back there. Preparing communion, and that's what he and Maria did. They were comparing, uh, preparing communion every month, and I went back there, and Scott was doing it, and I said, Scott, you look good preparing communion. He said, well, I'm doing what she told me to do. <laughs> <laughs> You're a wise man, brother. <laughs> you don't want to get to heaven if you miss a Sunday on that, right, because you know. But we're excited to see you. Also, Michelle and Wardell are up from Louisiana and with their family. We're glad to see them. Always good to have our Cajun contingent up here. So uh, anyway, it's good to see you guys. If you've got your Bibles, lift them up this morning. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's Word. It's His truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Grant, are you up there? Is that you, Grant? Grant up there? I was going to wave at him. It was his birthday the other day. I want to congratulate him on his birthday. Glad he made it. All right. Uh, I got to tell you a quick story. These two kids uh, were, were getting ready for Christmas, and they were twin boys, but they were absolutely the opposite in personality. One of them was super selfish. Everything was about him. Everything was a big deal. You know, the other one was just the most giving, loving, caring guy. I mean, twins. And so the dad said, you know what? 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get them this year. I'm going to really force them to look at themselves. And, and uh, you know, he, he said, all right, so the first one, he went out and just bought everything he could for the one, the selfish one. He just bought him everything, wanted to overwhelm him. And, and so he fills up his room. On Christmas morning, the boy wakes up. All these gifts are for him in his bedroom, and he starts to open them up. And the dad goes, well, what do you think? And he goes, I'm just so upset. Now I have to put batteries in all these things. You know, he was just so, and the dad's like, unbelievable. So he wanted to go over and, and see how the other son was. Well, this one was a little different. What he did is he went into this little boy's room, and he filled the whole room up with horse poop. I mean, the whole room, there's horse poop everywhere. And, and the dad goes by, and he goes, I'm going to get this one. And he opens the door up, and there's his son just digging through the horse poop with this big smile on his face. And the dad's like, what are you doing? He goes, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> how you approach Christmas has a lot to do with how you're going to receive it, doesn't it? And, it? and if your attitude is, I want to see what I can get, I want to see what I can get, then you're going to be really selfish. But if your attitude is, really, you, you open your heart up and you're really open to giving this year, I think God's going to do something amazing. And I just have this sense in my heart that you, this year Christmas is going to be a little different. That this year, we're going to be looking for ways and, and actively looking for opportunities to bless people. And I really want you to take that to heart this year. I really want you to pray about, Lord, what can I do? How can I love people more? How can I do things a little different? Some of you, that's going to be outside your comfort zone. I mean, you really don't like people. <laughs> I mean, that's your kind of personality. You, you know, people bug you. Is that anybody in here today? If you, show me your hand if you don't like people. I will avoid you, okay? Don't make me nervous. But, but you don't, I mean, people make you nervous. I want you to step outside your comfort zone. Some of you that love people, I want you to get around people and help them give because I, people will come alive. I believe it. I think we're going to see some really exciting things this year. All right, the question today, you saw the video. Trish talked about it. But here's the big question. How would Jesus celebrate Christmas? You know, we have a tradition in our family, uh, you know, get, during Christmas time or during people's birthdays, we're always like, well, what would you like for your birthday? What would you like to do for your birthday? We want it to be a special day. And I began to think, what would Jesus want to do for his birthday? I mean, have we ever asked him? You know, and I thought, what would Jesus want to do for his birthday? So that's kind of the thought. Let's look at Isaiah. This is our text, Isaiah Chapter 9, verse 6 through 7, for, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with all fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. So here's the question today. How would Jesus celebrate his birthday? You know, I would want you to think about that. So, so if you're approaching that thought, what would Jesus want for his birthday? Let's look at this. Let's look at number one on your notes. Jesus would want peace. Jesus would want peace. You know, look at John 14, 27. This is what Jesus said. This is one of Jesus' gifts to us. Jesus says this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. But then he goes on to explain what it is. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You know, if you look around at our world right now, all the troubles in the world, there's not a lot of peace, is there? 
There's not. I mean, if you went shopping on Black Friday, did you see a lot of peace? No. I mean, it's amazing. You look at what's going on. People are fighting over toys, you know. I mean, think about that. Give me that water. I mean, really? That is the opposite. That's the direct opposite of what Jesus came for was peace, and people are fighting over Christmas gifts. That's just weird. And so there, there seems to be this shift in our society where we've gotten away from what Christmas is really all about. And Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. Now think about that. The Prince of Peace. If you study that out, what that term means, that title Prince of Peace means, he owns peace. He is the owner of peace. So when Jesus gives you peace, he really knows what peace is all about. So he says here, I'm giving you a gift. Shane, I'm giving you a gift. Peace I leave with you. Not the kind of peace the world gives. Real peace. Peace that lets you sleep at night. Peace in the middle of your storm. And if you watch Jesus' life, if you watch what Jesus did a lot of times, I mean, he was able to walk into the storms of people's lives and speak peace. And I love what he'd say a lot of times. Peace, be still. Be still. And I want to encourage you during this time of year, during this season, take some time to be still. Slow down a little bit. Take a couple hours and just sit down and, and allow God's peace to begin to rule into your heart because it's so easy to get caught up in the frantic. We got to go, we got to go, we got to get, we got to do, we got to. And, you, and you're running from party to party. We got to hurry and go love people. What? Slow down. Think about what Christmas is really about the gift of peace. Jesus would want you to have peace. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, I already talked about it. He's called the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, I read it a little bit ago. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth what? Peace. Hmm. To those on whom God's favor rests. Peace. There's something to that that money can't buy. Money and gifts cannot buy you peace. But Jesus freely gives it. My peace I give to you. Think about that. Some of you right now that are going through challenging times, maybe in your family's work, relationships, maybe physically, you're going through some challenges. How many of you would love to have some peace today? Just some peace that would flow into your heart. Just some peace that would give you that rest even in the middle of the storm. And I want to speak to you today and I want to call peace into your life. I want to call peace into your life. Rest. Let's look at number two. Jesus would want to give you a gift. <laughs> That's the thing I love about Jesus. I mean, I was imagining in my mind when I was writing this this past week, all right, you know, what would we want Jesus to have? What, what would he want us to, to give? He would want us to give peace. But you know Jesus, Jesus would want to give you a gift on his birthday, right? I mean, he might be the only birthday party you ever showed up to and he gave you gifts. That's kind of cool, huh? You're like, I want to go to that birthday party. But I mean, think about it. That's how he is. He would want to give you a gift. Hmm. 
John 10.10 says this. The thief, this is Jesus talking, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I have come that they, you, may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Jesus comes to offer. This, this is the beauty of our faith. One of the amazing things about our faith is that God gives us this gift. And this gift is not only eternal life, but on this earth, it's life abundantly. Another translation means to the full and overflowing. To the full and overflowing. I mean, how many of you like overflowing? That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? I mean, have you ever gone to a restaurant and they pour you your drink, whatever tea or whatever it is you're having, and they only fill it halfway? Do you get a little offended? Do you? Come on, be honest. You're in church. It's okay. I mean, you get a little, you're like, hey. I paid for the whole thing. You only gave me this much. I'm a little angry now. Where's the rest of my stuff? You know, and then there are the others of you that go, oh, she's probably just having a bad day. She didn't realize she didn't fill my glass. I wonder what's going on at her house. You know, I mean, you're all wondering. You're psychoanalyzing the situation. (laughs) I got to tell a funny story. I got to do it. I didn't have this in my notes. I remember one time I was with John Copeland and some other guys, and we had, we had gone with our wives down to the river, and we were going to go floating down the river. This is years ago. And we're driving back, and the guys are in one car, and the girls are, are behind us in another car, and we look on the side of the road. And there's this guy on the side of the road, and, and uh, he, he is in a, uh, was he in a wheelchair or was he? He was a bicycle, but he only had one leg. He didn't have any legs. That's right, he had prosthetic, this is better than I remember. He had prosthetic legs, and he's on a bicycle. And this is a gospel truth story. And so we're driving along, and this guy's riding down the road. So we're looking, and we look at this guy. We all notice he has prosthetic legs. The girls are behind us. And I remember being in the car with my two buddies, and we look over and went, huh. And one of the guys said, I wonder what happened to him. And we said, I don't know. And that was the end of our conversation. The girls, on the other hand, are going, I wonder what happened to him. I wonder if he was born that way. I wonder if it happened in a war. I wonder if he was in an accident. I wonder what went on with his life. I wonder if he's okay. Should we go back and check on him? I mean, and so we get together at lunch, and the girls go, did you guys notice that man on the road? Going down the road with his legs and the bicycle. And we're like, yeah. Did y'all wonder what happened to him? We're like, not really. (laughs) But that's the difference in the way we approach things, isn't it? I have no idea why I went to this place. I have no (laughs) idea. But it's a great story, isn't it? It's a wonderful story. (laughs) What we're talking about is is God giving us a gift. Lord, help me get back on track because I just, I'm totally. (laughs) Yeah, I'll take my medication here in a little while. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God is a giver. Jesus is a giver. Jesus says, I've come to give you life. I've come to give you peace. I've come to give you hope. I've come to heal you. He came to give. We talk about it in communion today. He came to give his life freely for you. And then God, his Father, a giver, God gives. Love, hope, joy, peace, all these things are available to us as Christians. 
It's amazing to me that that's what God's all about. And that's why this year at Christmas, I want you to not look at what you can get, but look at what you can give. I mean, the greatest gift that we can give somebody is not stuff, it's peace. It's God. It's Jesus. It's introducing people to the one who can change their life. But you know what? Here's the thing about a gift. It's not enough that you get a gift. You actually have to receive the gift. You have to receive the gift. You know, we were going through our barn a while back, and um, we looked in there, and we found some gifts that we bought for people, what, 10 years ago? I hope it's not cheese or something, because that'd be just nasty. But, but we found these gifts that we bought for these people back 10 years ago that we had boxed up and wrapped. I mean, and Trish does a great job wrapping. We found these gifts. Here's the deal. We'd given the gift to them, but they never were able to receive it, right? And many of us do that with Jesus. God loved us so much that he gave Jesus. He gave us this amazing gift, and yet we never receive it. We never open the gift. We know it's there. We know that God loved us, but we never receive it. And there are people that come to churches around this world every Sunday, Christian churches around the world, and they have never received that gift. They look at it. Isn't that nice what God did? Oh, that's great. God loved the world so much. Yes, he did. Are you a believer? Well, I've never really received that gift for myself. Why? Because of the things I've done. Because God could never love me. Because, 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 and we fill in the blanks with all these things in our past that keep us, that make us feel unworthy. But the reality is God loved you so much that that doesn't matter. He loves you more than the sin that you've caused. You cannot out God's grace. And some of you have tried, haven't you? But his love, his grace is greater than any sin. So you have to receive that gift. Here's the third thing that I think Jesus would want to celebrate his birthday with. I love this one. Jesus would want you to give a gift to someone else. Jesus would want you to give a gift to someone else. Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says this. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. I want you to understand something. The kingdom of God, I talked about this the other day. It's an upside down kingdom. To receive in God's kingdom, you have to give. The greatest of all is the servant of all. I mean, that's the way God's kingdom works. And so there's a principle in giving that says if you give, it's going to be given back to you more than you can control, more than you can receive. And yet so many of us don't want to do that. We hold on to the things that God's given us, the, the gifts in our lives, and we don't give them back. We don't give them away as if somebody's going to steal them from us. And we don't release our hands. And we don't give it all away. I've got to tell you a story. On a cold Christmas Eve in 1952, during the Korean War, there was a young mother who was struggling along a village street. This is a true story. It's the dead of winter, freezing cold. Korea is a, is a horribly bitter winters. And this young mother's pregnant with the, the baby of an American soldier. 
and she was walking through this little village and and people were shunning her. There was a blizzard coming down. It was freezing cold. And she's walking through this village. And, and she would walk up and say, Somebody, please help me. Please help my baby. She knew the time was coming that she was about to have this child. And, and this family walked past her. This husband and wife walked past her. And the, the woman shunned her and said, Well, where's your American soldier now? And, and they, she was just this outcast. Well, someone in the village had told her that there was a missionary another town away. And that he would help her. And so she began to walk in this bitter winter weather to this missionary. On her way, the pains, the labor pains became too much. And she realized she was about to have the child. And so she was crossing this little bridge. And to try to get some cover from the weather, she crawled underneath the bridge. And she had the child by herself. To keep the child warm, she took all of her clothes off and wrapped that baby and huddled her body around him to try to keep him warm. The next day, the missionary was walking down to some of the villages to hand out Christmas gifts, and he happened to cross over that same exact bridge, and he heard a baby crying underneath the bridge. And he went down underneath there, and he saw this mom. She'd frozen to death in the night. But by wrapping this baby in her clothes and huddling around him, she was able to keep him warm enough to survive. The missionary took the child and adopted the young boy and raised him as his own. When he was about 10 years of age, the missionary told the boy the story of what had happened. And so on his birthday, another bitter winter was going on. Uh, the, The missionary woke up and he looked over and saw that his adopted son was gone, so he followed out his footsteps, and, and he was able to follow the boy's footsteps to the same bridge where he was born. And the, and the missionary went underneath the bridge, and there was his, was his son, stripped down naked, with his clothes on the ground, saying, Mom, is this how you suffered for me? Is this what you gave for me? I want you to understand something. This holiday season... God gave us his very best, and Jesus gave us everything, absolutely everything that he could give. And I want you to understand this year, I want us to do things a little bit different. I want us to remember what Christmas is really all about, that God loved us so much that he gave, but he didn't just give us so that we could have it for ourselves. He gave to us so that we could give to other people. See, we now are the ones that deliver the good news to other people. We're the ones that go out and share the love of Christ in practical ways. We love folks. And I want you this year, I want you so much. I really want you to go home today, either after lunch or tonight, or sit down with your family and say, what are some things we can do different this year? And just write out some ideas. Take some of the ideas that we're going to put in the back. But don't just leave it as a nice, nice thing that you can do. Let people know that God loves them. And that you're doing this because Jesus died for them. And sometimes these little acts of kindness can change the hardest heart. Because God loved us so much that he gave everything. Listen to this. 
1 John chapter 4, verse 11 says this, We who have experienced God's unconditional love are commanded to share that love with others. I'm going to read that again. We who have experienced God's unconditional love are commanded to share that love with others. And I love this. May your roots go down deep in the soil of God's marvelous love, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love really is. That's what Christmas is about, Charlie Brown. (laughs) That it's about God loving us so much that He gave. So this year, change your heart a little bit. Change your heart a little bit. Open your eyes a little bit. Do things a little bit different this year. Some of you might be surprised what your kids or your grandkids might say, and I'm just going to give you an idea right here. If you sit these guys down and say, look, this year we want to do something different. Instead of just buying all these gifts for each other, let's all decide we're going to give up one gift. One gift, and we're going to give that gift to somebody else in need. Or maybe we're going to pull that money together and we're going to buy something to help a family. I mean, there are different ideas. And next Sunday, when you come, we're going to have some more ideas for you. We're going to have something for you to do. But I want this to be a heart thing, not a duty thing. Do this because you want to share God's love with somebody in a practical way. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you that you loved us so much that you sent Jesus to die for us. You gave us the greatest Christmas gift that there ever was. And Father, I know today that there are people who know about the gift. They know that God loved us so much that he gave, but they've never received that gift. And so, Father, today I pray as we're in this place that that if there's anybody here that knows about the Lord, you know about the gift that God gave, but you've never received Jesus as your Savior, today is your day. See, God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you. You. And you may say, well, Pastor, you don't know about my past. Pastor, you don't know what I've done. Look, it doesn't matter what you've done. It matters what he's done. His love and his sacrifice are greater than any sin in your life. So today is your day to receive that gift. Nobody's looking around this morning. If you have never received that gift, but today you want to receive the gift of Jesus, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. Today I want to receive that. Or maybe you're here today and you're a Christian but you've walked away from the Lord and you want to rededicate your heart today. You want to rededicate your life. You want to receive that gift anew. Just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. Amen. Or maybe you're here today and you're facing some challenges. You know, I talked about peace and we talked about how Jesus is the Prince of Peace, but right now there is no peace in your life. You're struggling. Every day is tough for you. And you need some help. And you need God to step into your situation. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your kids. 
Maybe it's your, whatever your situation is, and you just need God to step in and do a miracle. You need some peace. I want you to understand today, he is the prince of peace. He owns peace. And he wants to give that to you. If that's you today, slip up your hand and say, Pastor, I need that peace. Amen. Tell you what, right now I'm going to have the prayer partners come forward. The prayer partners here, you step forward. If you slipped up your hand for any reason and you want somebody just to agree with you in prayer, and I want you just to come forward. There's no judgment in this place. We're going to be here for you, and we're just going to pray with you today. If you didn't slip your hand up, but you know you should have, I want you just to come down to the altars this morning. We're going to pray for you. Amen. But I never hear the sound Lord, I'm amazed by you Lord, I'm amazed by you Lord, I'm amazed by you How you
I become convinced that the greatest challenge in our society, the greatest challenge in most of our lives is selfishness. Would you agree? You know, we look around and it's it's about me, 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 and it's about us, 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 and 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 yet the model that we see that God gives is He's always given to other people. He gave to us. And I want you to know that that's the greatest model that we have, that because he gave, we should give. Because he loved, we can love. And some of you may be sitting here now, and this is a word of God for somebody. You don't know how to do that. You say, Pastor, I hear what you're saying. I don't know how to do that. I was hurt by so-and-so. My parents abandoned me. My, my family divorced. You know, I've been raped. I've been beaten. I've been divorced. I've been fill in the blank. And you've got lots of reasons not to be able to love people. Some of them are legitimate. Let me tell you about this great gift that God gives us. He gives us this gift of the Holy Spirit, and it comes to reside in us, and God can love people through you. He can do that. He can take your brokenness, and he can live inside of you, and he can love people through you. But you have to receive that. Do you understand me? And so the pain that you feel, the rejection that's there, all those things may be real. But God can take that if you will give it to him and he can make something amazing out of your life. Why? Because he gave Jesus to to live and die for you. But he sent the Holy Spirit to stay with you and love people through you and be with you always. Jesus said, it's good that I go away. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to be with you all the time so those of you today that are having a hard time forgiving you're having a hard time loving you don't understand how that can happen I want you to understand today it can happen but you have to ask him to come in you have to receive that gift you have to to surrender it all at the foot of the cross and we talk about that but have you ever really done it have you ever really laid it all down Father, I just thank you right now. I thank you and I pray, Lord, that this year, this Christmas would be a little bit different. That this year you would just pour your love into our lives. That, Father, all of us would just surrender to you and say, Lord, here am I. Fill me up. Lord, here am I. Send me out. Lord, here am I. Lord, let me be your hands and feet. Lord, love through me. Imperfect. Broken. 
love people through me. For those of you that are here that are having a hard time forgiving people, speak peace to you today. That God's love will begin to work on your heart and touch your heart. And those chains around your heart will begin to fall away. Because Jesus said he came to free you. He came to free the captive. For those of you that have been wounded so deeply in your soul, so deeply in your heart, the betrayal, the hurt, the abandonment, we speak healing to you today. I speak peace to you today. The peace that Jesus came to give you, I speak that to you, but you have to receive it. Some of you need to forgive yourselves. I mean, really, you need to forgive yourself. You need to set yourself free. I want us to all do this this morning. Everybody put your hand up on your heart this morning. Now, we're all going to pray this. There's nothing magical about the words that I'm about to say or the words that you're about to say. What matters is what's going on in your heart. See, God sees your heart. So you don't have to say it perfectly. You just have to mean it. So let's pray this together. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth to live and to die and to rise again for me. Lord, today, I forgive myself for all that I've done because you forgave me. Lord, today, I forgive others because of what you've done for me. And I want you to take a second now that you've forgiven yourself. I want you to think about somebody maybe that you're holding on to. You're holding bitterness in your heart. You're not forgiving somebody. It's between you and God right now. It's between you and God right now. Pray this together. Say, Lord Jesus, because of what you've done for me, I forgive, and I want you to say their name. I want you to set them free right now. Some of you, it's more than one person. Set them free. Now look up at me. You know, it's amazing what some of you just did. You set them free, but what you really did is you set yourself free. The greatest gift we can give is God's love. The greatest gift we can give is forgiveness. Amen. Some of you just received the greatest gift you may ever get. Isn't that awesome? Let's all stand this morning. I'm sorry if I went over. I don't even know what time it is. Grab hands with your neighbor. If you don't like them, remember we have Germex out in the lobby. You can, you know, do what you need to do.
<laughs> so I'll pray. Father, I just thank you for this church family. Lord, I pray this year that we would give the gift of Christmas to other people. Hope, peace, and life. Lord, help us to be your hands and feet as we leave this place. Lord, we pray that you would go before us. Give us eyes to see the brokenhearted and the lost. And Lord, show us what to do. A kind word, a thought. Help us, Lord, to spread your love this Christmas. And all God's people said, Amen.